The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 15, 64, 50, 80, 90, hey, hey! Hey, you guys. Oh, my God. Welcome to a very Brady podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Tack, and with me, as always, is the other host of the show, Jimmy Klein. Hello, hello, hello! <laughs> wow, we got three hellos. Yeah, that's because I'm excited about this. <laughs> and on this podcast, we celebrate classic, iconic TV shows as we break them down one episode at a time. What we do here, Jimmy, as you know, uh huh. We take the episode, uh huh. We break it down. Uh-huh. We find out that it's harder to get into than a Pearl Jam concert, and all it really wants to be is noticed by the big man on campus. Mm, okay. All for you, the listener. Oh, shit. On today's episode, we take a look at the Brady Bunch movie, part one. Cool. If you, yeah. If you haven't watched this... <laughs> If you haven't watched this movie, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Brady Bunch movie is available to stream on... Huh. Amazon Prime! <laughs> we haven't been able to do that in a while. I know. Man, I forgot how much I missed that. So, how was your week? It wasn't too bad. Not too shabby. What about yours? Uh, I think it was... Oh, well, I don't know when... I, yeah, I, I got moved into my temporary place. Nice. Uh, did we talk about... Oh, we mentioned last week that I got the keys and everything, but now I'm officially moved in now. Very so. nice. So it's 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 wood-free. It's wood, yes. There's no trees Well, except here. for your furniture, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Um, so yeah, so we got that. So we finally got our own place again. And uh, I do appreciate, uh, you know, the parents for taking us in. And uh, yeah. Um, but now we have our, our own space again, and it's uh, it's nice. That's cool. Good. That's awesome to hear. How about you? I'm still at my house. Oh, okay. You yeah. Know, I don't know why anything here? would have changed. That's kind of a weird question. <laughs> <laughs> but how was your week, though? It was pretty good. I didn't buy any guitars this week, so that's nice. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. I, I did buy some pickups <laughs> for a guitar, <laughs> yeah. but I didn't buy a guitar, so that's... Yeah, but nice. there is interesting development in the guitar that you did order. There was issues with, but yes. So finally, well, this what, audience, I don't think knows anything about that, that we talked about that on the after show. Well, they know that you ordered something you've been waiting. Yes. I think I yeah. think you mentioned that I ordered something long story short. I ordered something, never got it. I'm never going to get it. And, um, <laughs> I think that's a song from the nineties. Um, and so yeah, in long story short, they gave us a refund or gave me a refund. And uh, so now I'm, I'm just going to pick something else. So, yeah. so at least you got the refunds. So that's good. Yeah, that's true. So maybe after, I don't know, three months, I'll finally get the guitar. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so that's maybe nice. So. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to hold my breath, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't hold your breath. Jimmy, stop. Oh, God. <laughs> God, you need to speak up quicker. <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> Couldn't hold it very long, huh? That was like, what, four yeah. seconds? <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. Well, I think my wife used to say that, too. Hmm. Huh. Never mind. That's something totally different, I guess. 
so today's episode we're going to be doing the brady bunch movie this is something we've been wanting to do for quite a while we are indeed i've been looking forward to this i think since we started recording like not tonight but i mean since the beginning (laughs) yeah like i think it was sometime in season two i was like dude yeah we should do the Brady Bunch movie. Like I've really been, and in some of my notes, like I, I tried to point everything that I spotted and I may have missed some stuff, but I tried to spot like every time I was like, Oh, I remember this episode. This is the episode where this happens and blah, blah, blah. So I tried to point all that stuff out. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. That, that's the fun part. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, it'd been a while since I've seen this. Um, it was uh, it was fun for sure. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you start getting to it, you're like, ah, I know, I'll watch doing... the rest of it next week. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're watching it in parts too, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, I forgot a... how funny Chris Barnes was in it. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he, was... he just bebops everywhere, which I, I make note of it later in the episode. Oh, he does, he yeah. Kind of, just, and what's funny is that they're always like smiling, especially him and Marsha. Just are always smiling, and they're always overly animated. He's just like, it's just funny, especially when he when he catches himself in a mirror. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is like that's not to me that's not a caricature a caricature of Greg. No, you know what I mean. Like it, no, it's it may be young Greg, maybe. But the older Greg was just a sleaze bag. All he was trying to do was get laid all the time. So for for that age of Greg, I I, I don't know. It's not an exact parody of him or a, a you know impersonation of him, but I mean, it's still funny. But mm-hmm. yeah, we still definitely have to do the day by day episode, the Brady Bunch episode. You know, with yeah, yeah. CD Barnes in it too. Um, yeah, that was so so funny. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed watching this. This is pretty good. Yeah, one thing I noticed too, which I'm sure, I mean, obviously it's done on purpose, but is that the fact that they jump around storylines as far as the way the show goes, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not like in order, you know, because they reference something that was like, well, that didn't happen to season five. And this is obviously like season three or four that basically where the movie takes place. Right. And, uh. Like she referenced, oh, well, we spent all of our money going to Hawaii or whatever. Like, well, that didn't happen to season five. And this looks like season three, you know. It's like, so I'm wondering if the people that wrote it were actual Brady Bunch fans. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, uh, Sherwood Schwartz had a little hand in this, too. Oh, so. did he? Okay. Right. I mean, he was, he didn't like write it or anything. Um, he is written down as a writer, but really it's, it's just. Well, I think he's written down as a writer. Up. In the same sense that, you know, the writers of the Gilligan's Island theme song is on as writers every time, right. you know, the Gilligan's theme song is played in a in a TV show. So Right. Um, but he did have some say in it, which we'll go over in the, uh, hmm. according to IMDb. We'll That's cool. Talk right about on. something like that. Neato. <sighs> All right. Well, uh. I'm, I'm just too excited to get started. So that's, that's, I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get into this. I'm going to break it down and it's going to be a good time. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 Bye.
Hey, Gen Xers, get the news and podcasts that matter to you on Rediscover the 80s. Each week, hosts Jason and Wyatt deliver two shows that will connect you with the past. First, listen to the 80s weekly newscast with retro pop culture headlines from the world of movies. They are actually trying to reboot The Naked Gun with Liam Neeson. Streaming. Transformers Earth Spark. What did you think, man? It looks interesting, but it looks like it's another spin-off of the Rescue Bots. Collectibles and more. They made Tina Turner into a Barbie. Then listen to Memory Jogger, featuring memories from the 80s and early 90s. We're going to spin the old randomizer tonight. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's spin it. <laughs> Ooh, a big one. Transformers and GoBots. Star Wars. Ooh, we might be here a while. <laughs> Robin Ooh. Williams. What a tribute. Yeah, Robin Williams. Ooh, oh, grandparents. grandparents. Michael, Michael J. Fox. Fox. PSA commercials. PSA commercials. Ooh, okay. Listen to both shows now on Rediscover the 80s. Search now in popular listening apps or stream from your browser at rediscoverthe80s.com. The 80s Weekly and Memory Jogger. Two shows that will help you rediscover the 80s. And we are back. Ooh, doggy. Ooh, doggy. That was, that was, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I could tell you were excited. You put a little bit of extra emphasis on that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, I don't yeah. know what you mean. What do you mean? You don't know what I mean? I'm like, you didn't see yourself. Okay. I saw you looking <laughs> at the camera. <laughs> Act like you didn't see that shit. Okay. All right, we have the Brady Bunch movie part one. Let's get into this. Facts about the movie. It was filmed in 1995. Mm. And it was written by, like I was saying, Sherwood Schwartz. He didn't actually write it, but he's credited as, you know, because it's his characters he created. So, right. But it was also written by uh, Larice L. Um, okay. <laughs> sound it out, text. Sound it out. <laughs> Ella, Ella Juan Ella Huaney. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Rick Cop, Bonnie Turner, and Terry Turner. Oh, I wonder if they're married. Hmm. It was directed by Betty Thomas. Oh. Yeah. So according to IMDb, Peter does not utter his most famous catchphrase, pork chops and apple shash, in the movie, but the phrase does appear on the kitchen's blackboard menu. I saw that. Yeah. The phrase is uttered, though, in the trailer. Kind of, that's kind of like the cow from Twister. Yep. What? <laughs> the um, cow from Twister where you see that cow in the trailer, but it ain't in the fucking movie. Like there was a cow in the movie. Or it, well, there was no, I'm sorry. It wasn't the cow. It was the, the tire, the tractor uh, tire that comes smashing into the windshield. That's not in the uh, movie, uh, but it was on the trailer. I wish they weren't liars. <laughs> uh, Flo Han initially turned down her cameo as she didn't like, which this is not an art episode, but uh, turned down her cameo as she didn't like the scene she was to appear in. <laughs> After test screenings criticized the absence of Henderson, the producers convinced her to appear under the condition that she would have some certain control over her scene. At that point, Henderson accepted. Henderson also wanted more money, which she got. Mm. Mm, her and Robert Reed were close. Mm. 
<laughs> As Mike heads off to work, Carol smacks him on the ass and tells him, go get him, tiger. And then asks herself, tiger, <laughs> whatever happened to that dog? <laughs> this is one of many inside jokes about the show that Brady's dog, Tiger, was on for two seasons. But after the second season, he just simply disappeared. Yeah. The original Tiger was actually killed by a truck offset during the first season. A lookalike dog was brought in to replace him, but he had poor temperament and could not mm -hmm. remain focused. <laughs> Tiger was written off the show after appearing in just 11 episodes, and no mention was ever made of what happened to him. However, the doghouse was left in the backyard for the remainder of the series. And we've already discussed why. Mm-hmm. Well, why on two things. Why the... Why there was the doghouse and why Tiger was no longer on the show. Mm -hmm. Robert Reed was Robert like, get Reed this fucking dog out of here. Um, he had another uh, strawberry jam moment. <laughs> uh, and finally, a lot of scenes shown in trailers were cut at the last minute due to objection from producer Sherwood Schwartz. Oh, These included a grunge band scene in the garage with Greg and Eric and a seduction scene between Mrs. Dittmeyer and Peter. <laughs> so, <laughs> but Peter, do you mean the character, or do you mean like the literal <laughs> Mrs. Dittmeyer and a rubber Peter? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. That's <laughs> funny. <sighs> All right. So, are you finally ready to fade in? I am finally ready. <laughs> well, let's fade in. Okay. Scene one. Our story opens up showing the streets of Los Angeles and Hollywood in 1995. People coming and going in their everyday lives in the modern world. In traffic, we see Larry Dittmeyer in his car talking on his car phone. Mm -hmm. He says, well, that's what's brilliant about you, Mr. Feldman. No one else would have thought of building a residential mini mall. <laughs> After he chuckles and throws trash out the window, he continues on. Now that I've got everyone else on the block to agree to your offer, I think we got what is interrupted when Mr. Feldman says, it's got to be everyone on the block. Everyone. Or the deal's off. <laughs> Larry fakes static noise and says, oh, we're headed into the canyon. I think I'm losing you. You know, like a liar. <laughs> exactly. Mr. Feldman, who borrowed Mike's bullshit detector, says, <laughs> cut the crap, Dittmeyer. Did you get everyone or not? Dittmeyer giving up his charade. Oh, good word. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sighs and says, well, there's this one family that's holding out. Feldman <laughs> says, then sweeten the deal. Up the offer. Dittmeyer says, it's not that simple. It's like they're not interested in money. He pauses for a moment and then says, it's like they're not normal. <laughs> Feldman asks, why the hell not? What's their story? Then we are treated to the opening credits playing the Brady Bunch theme song, starting with, here's the story. See, I would have went a different way. I would have been like, well, you see, it started a while ago and then fade into the theme song. That's the way I would have done it. <laughs> but that's just me. I like the uh, old ass cell phones. I mean, yeah. it's, it's old to us, but at the time, just like, ooh, everybody's so chic or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. I thought they did a good job of establishing that he's sleazy as fuck. Yeah. You know, just the trash out the window thing. Yeah, and everything. Trash like that's, the window, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I like Michael McKean. I think he's funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's been in a few things that were really funny. He was in uh, Spinal Tap and he was in uh, Laverne oh, and Shirley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Was he in Was he in the movie Clue or no? 
Yeah, yeah, he was in Clue. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, he was also on an episode of Friends that was hilarious. Hmm. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Well, as hilarious as that show can be. Hmm. <laughs> 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 we're not going to do this today, Jimmy. <laughs> you said you wouldn't bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Scene two. We now have an exterior establishing shot of the Brady home. Alice comes out and checks the mail. As she takes all the mail out of the mailbox, she drops a bunch, get it, bunch uh, of, of letters on the ground. She bends over, face down, ass up to pick them up. Uh, <laughs> face down, ass up. That's the way she picks them up. I'm sorry. Um, sticking her ass out into the street. The paper boy drives by in a pickup and throws the paper, hitting Alice right in the ass <laughs> and knocking her to the ground and into the bushes. <laughs> she sits up, spits leaves out of her mouth, whatever, and says, don't worry about me. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, so that actress is uh, Henriette Mantle. Okay. <laughs> and she does a good job with Alice's facial expressions. <laughs> really yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love uh, I love how the grass is trimmed really short to try to make it look fake. You notice that? <laughs> I didn't notice specifically. Scene three. As Alice goes inside, she brings the mail and the newspaper to Mike and Carol, who are in the kitchen. Mm. Alice says, good morning, Mrs. Brady. Carol says, thanks, Alice. Mike says, morning, Alice. Alice then warns, be careful, Mr. Brady. Don't bend over. <laughs> Mike has a confused <laughs> look on his face as he says, yeah. About those TPS reports. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's a different movie. (laughs) But then shrugs it off since it's only his maid giving useless advice. (laughs) As Carol thumbs through the mail, she states to Mike, we've gotten the Dittmeyer's mail again, sweetheart. You'd think after all these years, they'd know who lives where. Mike says, well, I always know where to deliver my mail. Then he gives her a kiss on the cheek. Carol says, Mr. Brady. And then gives a look that he shouldn't be so fresh with her. Oh, dang. All of a sudden, Cindy walks up carrying Kitty Carryall and says, Mommy, Mommy, Marsha's been in the bathroom for a super long time. (laughs) Mike says, now, Cindy, we've told you before. No one likes a tattletale. Cindy says, but Daddy... Carol says, your father's right, sweetheart. Why don't you help Alice make some cookies? Cindy smiles and says, okay, mommy. She then turns to Alice and asks, can my doll help too? Alice, while stirring a bowl of cookie dough, retorts, as long as it's not Betsy Wetsy, she makes my cookie soggy woggy. (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) Cindy smiles and says, oh, Alice. Mike and Carol just sip their cups of coffee. I love the mmm and the shoulder shrug that <laughs> Carol did. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that. Yeah. But she picks up her coffee, she drinks it, she's like, mmm. Like, I don't know. It was just funny. Um <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. It reminded me of um um Elf when he drinks the hot chocolate. Oh <laughs> and he he tastes a drink, he's like, mm, and he gets all excited. That's how she was yeah. with her coffee. It was funny. <laughs> did you notice what she was doing through the whole fucking scene? <laughs> She was pouring <laughs> sugar in her coffee cup through the entire scene. Yeah, and then she's like, mmm. Yeah. <laughs> so at least half of that cup was sugar. At least at least half of that cup. Yeah. That's why they end up just having Alice make it. 
because <laughs> I watched I watched uh, these scenes um, twice, and mm-hmm. I didn't notice it the first time. And the second time, I'm like, "What is she doing? <laughs> How much sugar is she gonna?" And through the whole thing, he just kept pouring. <laughs> I was yeah. like, "That is hilarious." That's <laughs> <sighs> funny. All right, scene four. Upstairs in the kids' bathroom, Marsha sits in front of the mirror, brushing her hair and counting each, each stroke. She says 4,998. Meanwhile, Greg bangs on the bathroom door from his room and says, come on, Marsha, open up. I've got to shave. <laughs> good impression, by the way. <laughs> What's that? That was a good impression of, oh. <laughs> of City Barnes doing <laughs> Greg. Marsha, completely ignoring her brother, continues with her strokes. 4,999. And on the other side, Jan knocks on the bathroom door from her room and says, gosh, Marsha, there are other people in his family besides you. Also completely ignoring her sister on the other side. Marsha, while smiling, finishes up her strokes. 5,000. Doug Simpson's sure going to notice me today. She turns to her siblings on the other side of the doors and yells out, all finished. And she steps out of the bathroom with a smile. (laughs) Greg walks in and says, finally. But Jan also walks in and says, Greg. But Greg interrupts and says, Jan, you're just going to have to wait your turn. He turns around and pushes her out of the door. Jan with a sad face says, it's never my turn. After Jan leaves, Greg rolls his eyes. And then smiles as he looks at himself in the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Christine Taylor does a great Marsha. (laughs) She really does, yeah. Um, She hasn't done anything in a while, has she? Um, Like the last big thing she did was like dodgeball. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, she was on like a season of Friends. (laughs) Okay. Um, that was obviously a long time ago. Oh no, she um, did. She did the um, what was it? Um, <sighs> I feel like I've nope. definitely seen her something recently. Yeah, the the modeling one with uh, Ben Stiller. Oh oh, I didn't see that. Um, talking about Blue Steel. Yeah, she did Zoolander. both of those. I think. Yeah, I didn't hmm. see the second one yet. But the, it's kind of neat because this version of Greg is full of himself too. So that's that's kind of front. Yeah, that's familiar. It's <laughs> cool. scene five in the girls room jan closes the top drawer in their dresser grabbing a pair of socks Mm. as she walks over to her bed marcia looks down at the top of the dresser and says jan did you move my trophies jan (laughs) says yes i couldn't look in the mirror without seeing the awards of the great marcia brady marcia walks over to her sister looks down and says um, I believe these are my white knee socks. Jan looks at her sister and says, not everything in this room is yours. Marsha, not backing down from a challenge, puts the socks down and walks over to her drawer in the dresser. She opens it up and we see all of her white knee socks neatly folded in an order in the drawer, but one pair missing. Oh, shit. She looks over at Jan and says, see, Jan, I told you they were mine. Now put them back and don't forget to close the drawer when you're done. Marcia then quickly turns and walks out of the room like a motherfucking boss. Bitches only turn up with their friends. Mm-hmm. I can't make this shit up, bitch. Yep. Mm. After Marcia leaves, Jan looks in the mirror and hears in her head. She has every right to be mad. They are her socks. As she's nodding to herself in the mirror, she continues to hear, 
But why does Marsha get all the socks? Why does Marsha get all the trophies? Why does Marsha get all the drawers? She then snaps out of her head and asks herself out loud, Yeah, why does Marsha get everything? She walks over to the drawer and shouts, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha! And then slams the drawer shut, knocking down all of Marsha's trophies. She smiles at her antics and yells out, It's closed! Hmm... Yeah, that was uh, that was obviously a nod to the episode where uh, I believe she took Marsha's trophies and put them in the closet, right? She definitely moved them. I yeah, I thought she put them in the closet because she got tired of looking at them because she was like mm-hmm. all butthurt that she didn't have a trophy. Yeah. You know, cause, well, she didn't suck at everything. She probably would, but whatever. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, that was mean. All right. Scene six. Meanwhile, back in the boys' room... Peter knocks on the bathroom door and says, come on, Greg, hurry up. He turns and sits down on the bed next to Bobby and with a squeaky voice says, boy, he's worse than Marsha. As Bobby is tying his shoe, Bobby asks, hey, what's wrong with your voice? Peter says, well, my libido is increasing at a rapid rate and the surge of hormones causes dramatic physical and emotional changes. Bobby gives a confused look. Peter adds, well, that's what Mrs. Lindley told us in health class. Bobby nods. Greg then steps out of the bathroom with little pieces of toilet paper stuck to his face. Peter says, finally, Bobby agrees. Greg says, well, you kids have no idea what it <laughs> takes to impress a chick. Greg then bebops over to the mirror and says, <laughs> maybe someday when you're older, you'll get hip to what's, what it's like being a man. Greg looks at himself in the mirror and fixes his hair. <laughs> then all of a sudden, Alice walks in with laundry and says, good news, Greg. I'm putting on your favorite Scooby-Doo bed sheets. Peter and Bobby just laugh. <laughs> Bobby mocks him by saying, Scooby-Doo-Doo. Greg just rolls his eyes. They should have had Bobby make monkey sound. <laughs> just randomly. <laughs> 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 uh, it's just once again, it just City Farm's just doing a bebopping run and just smile. It makes me think how, like, how you always say you tell your kids what's cool. Like all the kids are saying this. Right, I feel right. like this is how like the Brady's are in the nineties. Like their parents are telling them, "No, this is slang, and this is what you say." You, know, <laughs> you say hip, you say groovy. You know, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, okay," and they're just like completely naive to the world. Yeah. Really cool guys hear music when there's no music. I'm sorry. And they walk around. <laughs> they even kept the little kid's golf set by the door. That's kind of neat. Hmm. Did you notice that? I saw the drum, but I didn't see the yeah. golf yeah, set. Yeah, the golf set was there too. Um, I, love how, blah, blah, blah. I love how they had Greg uh, coming out of the bathroom looking like that with all that crap on his face and being like, <laughs> talking about impressing chicks. It's just it was, <laughs> boy, having a bunch of toilet paper stuck to his face. It's just fine. Scene a salon. Meanwhile, back downstairs in the kitchen, Mike and Carol sit at the kitchen table reading mail and the newspaper. I think sipping coffee too, probably. Probably. Yeah. While Cindy stirs a large bowl of cookie dough, <laughs> Carol says to Cindy, honey, I think you've stirred that enough. Cindy says, <laughs> Bitch, like you know how to cook. <laughs> oh, that's true. She, she doesn't. Know. She doesn't. No, but it, I mean, it'd be accurate if she did. Yeah. 
Now she says, uh, I'm not stirring. I'm looking for Kitty Carriol's underpants. <laughs> Carol says, I'll tell you what. Why don't I take over the cookies and you run all these letters over to the Dipmeyers and see if they've gotten any of our mail by mistake. Cindy smiles and says, okay, mommy. And she walks off. Carol then looks down in the cookie dough and then looks at Mike. <laughs> How on earth would her doll's underwear end up in the cookie dough? <laughs> I have no idea. But they, they act like it's like soiled underwear. Like it's disgusting. Right, yeah. Like, oh, God, gross. You know, it's like. But I mean, but I, I guess the real question is, why is she taking her doll's underwear off <laughs> in the first place? Especially when she's supposed to be helping Alice with cookies. Like, hold right. on a second. What are you doing, Sandy? I'm taking off my doll's underwear real quick. Like, wh- why? Like, what's... <laughs> Did you just put it in the cookie dough? Yeah. Maybe what? she's trying to make it look like she had to change her diaper? I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. Gross. I don't know. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense. It's a funny joke, mm-hmm. but it didn't make any sense. All right. Scene eight. Cindy walks through the backyard and through the fence to go over to the Dittmeyers next door. As soon as she crosses over... We hear sounds of the real world, like loud metal music, dogs barking, gunshots, and police sirens. Cindy skips over and sees Mr. Dittmeyer's son, Eric, standing up in his camouflage-painted car, sticking out of the sunroof. He yells out, Missy, get your butt-ugly face down here. Cindy asks, Hello, Eric. Are your parents home? Eric looks at Cindy with disgust and says, Blow off, cheese ball." Oh, shit. Oh, dang. Lighten up, jerk. Um, (laughs) Then yells out for his sister again. Miss A. Eric's little elementary school sister comes walking out of the house, carrying her school books and yells, shut up before you have a toxic dump. Oh, Oh, man. Cindy asks, hello, Missy. How's your science project coming? I finished mine. Missy with some hardcore tood says... Mm. What are you going to do? Hand in your face and call it barf mold? Burn! <laughs> oh, man. Missy then mocks Cindy's lisp and says, Theo and the Thethaw, Cindy. Missy then gets in her brother's car and they drive off. Cindy unfazed or perhaps unaware of the burn <laughs> she just received, simply <laughs> smiles, waves, and says, bye. <laughs> I like how it changes from a set into the real world. <laughs> like it's the Wizard of Oz or something. Yeah. Shit, you know, it's like- That's interesting. If you ever if you ever get curious, look up how they did that that effect in Wizard of Oz. Because you gotta oh, remember yeah, it's nineteen thirty nine. And it's they all went, color. Yeah. They went through a lot of trouble with that, right? And what they ended up having to do was they had a, a stand in, then they had um uh the girl that played uh Dorothy Judy Garland, right? And the girl that was the stand-in was wearing a dress that was dyed to look like it was black and white. Yeah. She had like pale makeup on her skin. Her hair was was colored a certain way. Like everything about the back of her made it look like she was in a black and white film. The set was painted yeah. black and white. Mm-hmm. And then as she backs like when she opens the door, she like stands back cuz she's like in in awe. And then the actual Judy Garland walks through the doorway, and that's when it turns into color. But they went through yeah. a lot of trouble for that shot. So mm-hmm. I thought that was neat. pretty cool. They did a lot of really cool stuff in that movie. They did, yeah. I, I swear that tornado shot is just amazing. That's amazing, yeah. <laughs> for the longest time, and I'm me included, people thought that they just went out and filmed an actual tornado. 
But they're like, no, we made that. That's yeah. <laughs> that's cloth. Like, get the, yeah. no, you didn't. That ain't cloth. Get out of here with it's that. Crazy. Yeah. It's so good. Um, I love the the car. I think it's a um, an AMC Ambassador, if I'm not mistaken. Is that um, the same kind of car you had sitting in your driveway forever? No, my, that was the AMC Hornet. It's, it's close, but it's not the same. Um, hmm. The the guy that played. Um, the brother looked really familiar. Like I've seen him in something. I can't think of what. Yeah, he's been in some stuff. I Has can't he? remember okay. what either. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Scene nine. Inside the Dittmeyer home, Larry walks on his treadmill while talking on the cell phone Ooh. with Mr. Feldman. Actually, it was a mobile phone. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> Larry says, look, Mr. Feldman, I promised they'd sell and they will. Mr. Feldman asks, like the Bates deal? Larry says, I know I took it in the rear on that subdivision, but this time I'm the one who's doing the screwing. Ooh, dang. Yeah. Cindy walks over to the Dutch door and peers in the living room of the Dittmeyers. Mrs. Dittmeyer lies on the couch with a Bloody Mary in her hand and a cold compress mask over her eyes. Mm. Mr. Dittmeyer continues on the phone as Mr. Feldman says, yeah, well, just make sure one holdout family doesn't wreck this. You hear me? Cindy then waves from the other side of the door. Larry sees this and says, hey, can I call you back? Mr. <laughs> Feldman says, yeah. Larry says, thanks, and hangs up the phone. Cindy says, hello, Mr. Dittmeyer. He steps off the treadmill and asks, why are you here? <clears throat> Cindy hands over his mail. Larry says, oh, thanks, and takes the mail from her. Cindy says, with a lisp, mom asks me to ask you if there's any mail for us here by mistake. Larry shakes his head and says, I don't understand you. What do you want? <laughs> Cindy repeats, Mom asked me to ask you if there any mail here for us by mistake. Larry, still confused, says, What? <laughs> Cindy repeats again, Mom asked me to ask you if there any mail for us here by mistake. Larry, still not getting it, says, Nope, not a clue. <laughs> but Mrs. Dittmeyer, who's trying to nurse a hangover, yells out, She wants the Brady's mail, Larry. <laughs> Larry shouts back, Thank you, darling. So kind of you to climb up from under your hangover. <laughs> Larry looks around and asks, let's see, where did I file their mail? Oh, yeah. Larry walks away to get the Brady's mail. Hmm. So I don't understand. Why in the hell do they have a half a door, but then have a doggy door on it, too? Like, couldn't you just open up the bottom part of the door? I mean, I... But the dog has to be able to go in and out. But I mean, what's the purpose of half a door anyways? Like, why do they have that? That's such an <laughs> odd know. location to have it in. And uh, I I don't know if that's like a den that they're in and not like the living room, but it's like well, the, I mean, it, it's it, the side it, of the it house. It goes out into the driveway. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, honey, can you, put a, thing. can you put a door that leads out into the driveway? Only if it's the kind that cuts in half. Like, what? <laughs> like. And he's supposed to be like a realtor and stuff. So, I mean, like, I don't know. It just seems really pointless. Scene 10. Still at the Dittmeyers, Mrs. Dittmeyer takes her mask off and looks back at Cindy through the Dutch door. She says, hi, honey. Cindy smiles and says, hi. Mrs. Dittmeyer asks, how's your daddy? <laughs> Cindy says, he's fine. Mrs. <laughs> Dittmeyer then comments loud enough for her husband to hear. Mrs. Brady's lucky to have a big, strong, virile man like that. Just then, Cindy spots Larry's smoothie that was sitting on the treadmill, falls off, and spills onto the treadmill. Mrs. Dittmeyer goes on. 
tell you what, sweetie, next Christmas, you tell your daddy, I'd be more than happy to wrap his package. Yeah, Cindy's like, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> no, she doesn't. No, Cindy innocently says, okay. <laughs> Larry returns with the mail for Cindy and hands it over to her. He says, here, hit the road, bad seed. <laughs> As Larry turns to walk away, Cindy warns, excuse me, but your juice will make your shoes slip. Larry looks at Cindy and says, What? Cindy says, your shoes will slip on the juice. Larry, still not understanding her, simply says, oh, (laughs) and shakes it off and rolls his eyes. Cindy then says, bye, and walks off. Mrs. Dittmeyer smiles and says, bye. Meanwhile, Larry steps back onto the treadmill, but then slips on the juice and Mm -hmm. falls off the treadmill. He slides back as his feet go through the wall. Mrs. Didmeyer sees this and laughs her motherfucking ass off. She thought that (laughs) was the most funniest thing ever. (laughs) Um, Most funniest, really? Most funniest. Most funniest. We're on a podcast. Exactly. You put that out there. Most funniest. Yeah, you put that out there. No, you're right. You're right. That did sound kind of mostest funniest. (laughs) That's better. Sound like a fucking amateur. (laughs) (laughs) Why the hell is there celery in her drink? That's a Bloody Mary. They put celery in it? Yeah. Why? It's like a stir stick and you eat it too. That's dumb. Like a Bloody Do you know what a Bloody Mary is? No. Okay, so it's like it's tomato juice with fuck, what's in it? Like vodka or something. Um, but also the way a lot of like bartenders will say you'll know how good a bartender is by how well their Bloody Mary is. And so basically you put spices in the drink too. Basically, anything you would put on a steak goes in a Bloody Mary. <laughs> so you and might put some A1, you might put some salt, pepper, garlic, whatever. And she's drinking um, this this early in the morning? <laughs> you know, hair of the dog kind of a thing, I guess. Wow, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, celery tastes like what it would be like if grass could vomit. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Scene Lelon. Ooh. Back in the kitchen, Cindy returns with the mail. Alice writes on the chalkboard pork chops and apple shash. Mm. While Carol makes another pot of coffee. <laughs> Cindy walks over to Mike, who's still reading the newspaper, and says, Daddy, Mrs. Dittmeyer said that she'd be glad to wrap your package this Christmas. Carol overhears this, <laughs> walks over to the table, and says, Hmm, really? How is Mrs. Dittmeyer? Cindy says, Mr. Dittmeyer says she's overhung, but he's in a good mood because he's taking it in the rear. Alice, who's passing through with a vacuum, quips, must be that paper boy again. (laughs) That's awesome. Mike gives a look to Carol as if she needs to say something to their youngest one in curls. Hmm. Carol takes the hint and says, Cindy, that's Mr. Dittmeyer's business. Remember, nobody likes a snitch. Mm -hmm. Cindy proudly boasts, I'm not a snitch. I just tell it like it is. Mike says, you know, Cindy, when you tattle on someone, you're not just telling on them. You're telling on yourself. Mm. And by tattling on someone, you're really just telling them, I'm a tattletale. Mm. Now, is that the tale you want to tell? That's a good point. Cindy says, I never thought of it like that. Carol says, sweetheart, it's time to get your school things together, honey. Cindy smiles and says, okay, mommy. (laughs) 
After Cindy leaves, Carol pours more coffee for herself and Mike. Mike looks at a letter with some confusion. He goes, hmm. Carol asks, what is it, Mike? Mike says, it's a letter from the county. They say we haven't paid our property taxes. Carol chuckles and asks, haven't paid our taxes? We always pay our taxes. Hmm. Mike says, well, they say this is the fifth notice, and we owe them $20,000 by the end of the week, or they'll auction our house. Carol, with a shocked expression, asks, $20,000? There has to be a mix-up. Mike says, I better call someone. Then he goes, Bobby! No. (laughs) Um... I remember this episode, too, where Cindy gets in trouble for tattling too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I noticed a chalkboard. But also, uh, well, let me get let me let you give your note first. Sorry. So how can how can they owe $20,000 in property? Did they not pay for like 10, 15 years of taxes, property taxes? Did they not have an escrow? Like, I don't know. I spent way too much time on this. <laughs> <laughs> on that exact question, right? Okay. So... I checked and the current um, average percent of property tax in Los Angeles, according to the website I looked at, is 0.82%. That's the average across all the houses, right? Hmm. How much do you think that their house has to be worth? Now, it, I, it took me way longer than it should have to figure this math out, but... Um, the average house in 1995, when this film, film was was made mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, was worth two hundred thousand dollars. That's the average, right? Okay. How much would their house had to have been worth at 082 percent property tax annually for them to have to pay twenty thousand dollars in taxes? Oh my God! Have me do algebra now. Um. Well, first of all, later in the episode. They're offered half a million for the house. And I, so. I figured this out to the cent. <laughs> and it took me way longer than okay. it should have, but that's so okay. So what's the actual question? What am I, what number am I trying to figure out? How, if, okay, if. How much is their taxes per year? No. How much is their house worth, house worth if they have, to, if they're $20,000, you no. know, if they have to pay $20,000 in taxes, how much is their house worth? Assuming it's 0.82% interest. <laughs> oh, God. Um, assuming, assuming this is one year's tax. Um, so I would say something around 230,000, $2,439,024 okay. and 39 cents. So I, I didn't move enough zeros over. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> so I went forward and did more math, right? If the average house cost. $200,000 and you assume that their house is average. How much, how long in back taxes would they have in order to accumulate $20,000? I'm sorry. Can I ask that again? Well, cause you, you, your note, you had asked, um, so how long did they, what'd you oh, say? Yeah. It's been like 12 years or something like, what'd you say? Yeah. Like, did they not pay taxes for like 10, 15 That's years? What, yeah, yeah. So, okay. How long did they not pay taxes? Assuming their house is worth the average uh, value of $200,000 at the time. Oh, um, well, that's why I was guessing like 10 to 15 years was my original guess. 12 years, three months. Yeah. So I don't know why so, I felt yeah. the need to do all that math. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
See, 12. <laughs> next in the den, Mike is now on the phone as Carol stands next to her man listening in. He smiles and says, we are? You do? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I see. We should? You are. Uh-huh. All right. Goodbye. Mike hates up the phone with a smile. Then it quickly fades as he says, we owe them. <laughs> Carol says, oh, Mike. <laughs> Mike says, now don't you worry, honey. We'll find the money. As he hugs his wife, Carol asks, find the money? But we used our savings to go to the Grand Canyon and Hawaii. <laughs> what are we going to do, Mike? Mike thinks long and hard. <laughs> Oh, no, no, like he was just thinking long and hard. Hell well. Yeah, exactly. Hell yeah, he was long and hard. <laughs> Hell yeah, he's like tacking math class. Yeah. <laughs> no? no. <laughs> so I brought this up earlier. They didn't go to Hawaii until season five, and the age kids are before that anyway. But yeah. I love this phone bit. It cracks me up. We've <laughs> yeah, done this on the show a few times, too. <laughs> but that's one of the things we've always liked about Robert Reed is he didn't treat the audience like a bunch of morons when he was on the phone. So, yeah. Man. <laughs> um, yeah, my note was the same thing. That was dead on how Mike would talk, talk on the phone. <laughs> oh, that's cool. All right, so this is where we take our next break. Okay. So Mike and Carol have just found out they owe the county $20,000 in back property taxes. Damn. Will they find the money? Maybe. Will they find Kitty Carriel's underpants? Oh, damn. Will Mrs. Dittmeyer wrap Mike's present this oh. Christmas? Hell this yeah, package? Yeah, she With her mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll be back. comic book fan we've got a few questions for you were you obsessed with x-men as a kid did you stand in line to get a copy of the death of superman in the black poly bag did you buy every image comic no matter how long it took to hit the shelves then have we got the show for you Wizards, the podcast guide to comics, is the podcast where Adam and Michael re-examine the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine and explore the world of gimmick covers, massive crossover events, and find out if those 20 copies of X-Force number one you stashed in your long box really did put your kids through college. And that's not all. We also bring you exclusive interviews with former Wizard staff members who tell behind-the-scenes stories from the guide to comics that defined a generation. In our special series, The Wizard Files. And wait, there's more! You'll get mini-episodes with 90s comic book reviews and more nostalgic fun. Wizards, the podcast guide to comics is brought to you by the Retro Network every Wednesday. So subscribe today on your favorite podcast app, and remember to keep your books bagged and boarded. And we 
are back. Man. It doesn't hurt when you hit it against the strings like that when you play guitar with it? No, as long as you don't go left or right and just straight up and down, oh, you're so fine. It's, so in that case, in that sense, it's like shaving. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You never want to go left and right when you shave. Yeah. No, I just, I just slap it is all I'm doing. Oh, okay. So, so you use it like a, like a base. Like, yeah, like you want to base. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's cool. It's hard for me to pop, but I slap pretty well. I, I, I get duct tape and I duct tape my guitar pick to it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. It just hurts yeah. when you peel the tape off, but you know, that's okay. <laughs> Sometimes I just leave it on there. If I know I'm going to play the next day, I just leave it on there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you should try it. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I definitely see what you're saying. I mean, you really didn't have to send the picture, but I get it. Well, you looked confused. You had to look on your face like you were confused. <laughs> no, no, I get it. You paint a, a, a nice picture. Well, I didn't paint that. That's a photograph. <laughs> you, you, you really overestimate my artistic abilities. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so how do you how do you think this film holds up? Because like you know the Brady Bunch is dated, obviously, right? The the TV show is dated, right? And that's part of its charm and that kind of thing, and part of the nostalgic aspect. In this movie, like a lot of the jokes are, you know, they're trapped in the '60s, and everything else is quote unquote modern day, right? But some well, of the, they're trapped in the seventies, right? But some of the modern day stuff that they're comparing the Brady Bunch against is is now dated. <laughs> so, yes. like, how do you think this film, as far as those kind of jokes go, how do you think this film holds up? Uh, this film is dated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. it's definitely it's very very nineties. Yeah, um, which is kind of funny too, but. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, because some of the things they they say and talk about in this, and like they show people on their cell phones, and you could tell it's supposed to be really, like really impressive that all these people can afford mobile phones. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought oh, that's kind of cheesy. I mean, they should have left all the technology out of it, because if any any lesson, like if I was going to redo this movie now, it would be almost like a like a Stranger Things kind of aspect to it, where it's really hard to tell what era it's in. <laughs> Just leave all that stuff and like make fun of their old shit. Don't show any computers. Don't show any cell phones. You know, don't make any attempts to cutting edge fashion or anything. Just make it quote unquote modern. And that's enough. You don't have to show shit. You know what I mean? Well, I, I disagree. I think the whole point is to see that the Brady is stuck in the seventies, but also dealing with modern day technology. Like absolutely. If it was made today, they would have like cell phones and TikTok and, whatever else and right. i think so do I you think it's necessary to the point to the jokes do you think that this like this movie needs to like a like a remake sure <laughs> so in okay I'd be down in, for that in 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 the you know and it just in in good fun let's talk about the cast <laughs> like oh, i love doing this god i know you do but i always have trouble like trying to think of people but so we'll stick to the main characters, like not the kids or anything, like the main characters. So the the mom and dad, Carolyn and, and Mike, who who would you? 
I wonder how Steve Carell would do as Mike. Oh, I would <laughs> I love know. to see Steve Carell as Mike. Um, yeah, <laughs> Steve Carell or um, I think Will Ferrell would be hilarious. I don't know if he can I do it. I was just going to say Will Ferrell. Yeah. Um, I think the guy to play Dwight could do it too. <laughs> yeah. Rain Wilson. Yeah. Or, ooh, ooh, you know who I would cast? I would cast um, Paul Rudd. I think he's <laughs> yeah. dry enough where he would he would make it freaking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would be good. And as far as the girl goes. Carol, you mean? Yeah. I don't know. What um, about Amy Poehler? She might be able to pull it off. She's just like... I don't know how she would do with the old school feminine type of character like that. Maybe because I've, mm-hmm. I only have really seen her in Parks and Rec, except SNL. <laughs> yeah. um, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she did such a good job in this movie. It'd be hard to beat that. You know? Yeah, Shelley Long was really good. What about Ricky Lind- Lindholm? Who? The girl from uh, Garfunkel. Oh, oh Ricky, Ricky. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't, know. Yeah. I don't know. What about Christina Ricci? That's kind of a weird. Yeah, if you if you dyed her hair blonde, you gotta admit it would be hilarious seeing her in this, like seeing her act like that. <laughs> it would be funny. Yeah. Huh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay, moving on. Alice. <laughs> Alice. In a weird sort of way. If, if, if this person could let go and be silly enough, Tiffany Thiessen, I kind of see it like <laughs> what? just because she does a lot of cooking stuff on her Instagram is I could, I could see her doing it like no. <laughs> because she's a little, she's older than Alice was in the show now. So yeah. <laughs> no, I was kind of thinking somebody more like Phyllis. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm only thinking of like office characters, but <laughs> What about um, mm-hmm. Jenny McCarthy's cousin? What the what the fuck's her name? Um, Melissa McCarthy? Oh yeah, she'd be good. I could see she her doing be. it. Yeah, for sure. And then just going with the oldest kids because the rest of them I don't want to be mean, but they're kind of irrelevant. Um, <laughs> Greg. Oh god. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, Think about like teenage-ish actors right now. Yeah. What about Tom Holland? No, he's too small. He's got to be taller. He'd be, he'd be good for Peter, but I mean, yeah. maybe it's because I just know him as Peter. Peter right. Parker, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he just looks more like that age. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> Even though he's technically like in mid twenties. Um, oh, I had somebody for a second. What about Steve from Stranger Things? Oh, that's probably not a bad choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be funny to say him like that. It's too. He's too old, but it'd be kind of interesting to see Dave Franco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see Ashton Kutcher doing it too if he's younger. Um, yeah, because it's got to be somebody like really. Greg's supposed to be in high school, but let's be honest. You know what I mean? Like, you know, in this, like, um, the girl who played Marsha is like twenty four in real life in this movie. So I mean, doesn't have yeah. to actually be that young. One one thing in my mind keeps coming back to did you watch Cobra Kai? Of course. You know the main boy that that kind of the show revolves around? I can't remember his name. Um him doing being Greg. I don't know why. I don't know why, hmm. but my mind keeps going back mm-hmm. to him. I could kind of see it. Hmm. 
Hmm. And last but not least, Marsha. Marsha. Uh. <laughs> That's some big shoes to fill. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, she does such a good job in this movie playing Marsha. Like that's that'd be mm-hmm. really hard to top. Yeah, I could see them going one of two directions. I could see them picking some reality reality TV star that's like kind of yeah. full of themselves, and as an inside joke, have them play Marsha kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or I could have I could see them doing like opposite. You know what I mean? Like picking you know, somebody that's usually dramatic to play this funny part. You know, I could see them doing something like that too. Hmm. I could see, um, um, what's their name? Uh, Melissa Benoist. No, um, the girl that played Superman, Supergirl. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I could see her doing that. Hmm. Or the girl that played, um, um, in game of Thrones, the girl that was so, what's her name? The girl that's oh. that's humping the um, one of the the, um, the brothers. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> I'm so bad at this. Um, the girl from Game of Thrones, the blonde hair girl from Game of Thrones. Yeah, Sophie um, Turner. Is that her name? Oh, you're talking about the redhead. Oh yeah, she is right. Well, she has blonde hair now, but yeah, the redhead from yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about um, what's her head? A little short girl. Um, Arya. Yeah. No. 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 You're talking about um, the dragon mom. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about like Sophie Turner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's a redhead. Um, or the girl that played Nebula. I could see her doing it too. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Or are you talking, or um, Elizabeth Olsen, maybe? Yeah, maybe. She might be too old, though. Yeah, she's like in her 30s. But me and, uh, me and Megan, me and my wife will do this kind of stuff. We'll recast movies or TV shows or something. Just, I, don't <laughs> know. I think it's fun. Um, yeah. So if if Hollywood, if you're, li- I mean, because l- let's be honest, we carry a lot of clout. Um, yeah. So Hollywood, sure. if you're listening, this I think this movie needs to be redone. <laughs> like they're not listening. No. <laughs> you know Speaking of that. What, where's the Josh Gad and his uh, Gilligan movie? He's acting like that he didn't see it. We casted for him. Yeah. He's acting like he didn't see it. <laughs> you know how it is. He wants to stall on that shit and be like, "Hey guys, I got I got this idea." See, he he wants to pretend <laughs> like it's not our idea. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, Jay. Whatever. See, that's what we call him because we're close to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready to get back into this? I am ready to get back into this. All right. So when we left off, the Bradys live in modern day America, in 1995. They're being pressed to move out so they can build a new mini mall. They have just received a letter from the county stating that they owe $20,000 oh, in back shit. taxes. And it's due by the end of the week. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. Let's get back into it. Okay. Scene a 13. Alice steps to the bottom of the stairs and calls out, Okay, troops, time for school. Greg, Marsha, Peter, Jan, Bobby, Cindy. All the kids file down the stairs one by one in age order. Mm. Greg, who is leading the parade... All of a sudden stops in the middle of the stairs, which causes all the other kids to smack into one another. Jan asks, do we always have to walk so close? <laughs> they all just laugh and say I together. I didn't get that. It's awesome. Oh, Jan. <laughs> Down in the kitchen, the kids sit around the kitchen table for breakfast. Greg asks Carol, Mom, can I borrow your car today? I need to stay late. <sighs> I need to stay late at swim team. 
I need to stay late at swim practice if I'm ever going to beat Tack on the swim team. Oh, Jesus. Boy, is he fast. <laughs> we call him... Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. We call him Speedo Torpedo. Oh, that's what you called it, too. Oh, no, they're calling you that. Never mind. Sorry, I'm, I'm misread. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> that's that's pretty arrogant, man, to call yourself that. Damn. What Greg actually says is, I want to ask Don a letter to go out for a soda after school. Carol says, all right, but no hot rotting. <laughs> Greg says, thanks, Mom. Greg turns to his brothers and sisters and says, She's the most far-out chicken in my class. You wouldn't believe how much I dig her. Alice quips, Mrs. Brady isn't... <laughs> Mrs. Brady is in your class. <laughs> That's awesome. No, you didn't say it. That's she what it sounds it. like, though. Thanks, Mom. And she's the most far-out chicken in my class. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how much I dig her. Dude, that's your mom. What the hell? Well, I mean, you know... <laughs> Alice actually says, sure I would. I've been digging Sam so long, by the time he proposes, I'll be six feet under. <laughs> <laughs> they all just laugh at their silly maid. <laughs> Carol asks, oh, Alice, what would we do without you? Alice comes with another zinger and says, probably eat out. And they all just <laughs> laugh again. <laughs> John. Just then, Mike notices that Bobby isn't laughing along with the rest of the family and asks, mm. hey, why the long face, Bobby? Bobby turns to his dad and says, well, ever since I became safety monitor at school, <laughs> nobody will talk to me. They think I'm some kind of fink. Mike says, well, Bobby, people like to be corrected when they're doing something wrong. <laughs> That's how we improve ourselves. Bobby nods and sadly says, right, dad. Mike, not finished yet, goes on. And if your sister would wear her glasses, she just might improve her eyesight. <laughs> Jan says, Marsha doesn't have to wear glasses. Besides, all my friends at school say glasses make me look positively goofy. <laughs> <laughs> Carol says, oh, honey, it's not the glasses. <laughs> It's your fucking curly cues you got coming out of your forehead. What the hell is that? This <laughs> is what you stare off into space and start answering people that aren't saying anything to you. Weirdo. <laughs> no. <laughs> Carol says, now, honey, you look very lovely with your glasses on. Doesn't she, kids? With a little hesitation, <laughs> the kids all agree and then leave the table. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look far out, Jan. <laughs> Mike says, all right, troops, off to school. Have a good day. Jan sits at the table thinking to herself. The rest of the kids grab their lunches and head out the door. Jan walks up to grab her lunch, but Mike stops her and says, Jan, a real friend likes you for who you are, not what's on your face. Jan asks, does that apply to friends with benefits? Too? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know. <laughs> no. no, she didn't say that. Uh, Mike goes on. If you judge your friends for passing judgment on you, you're not only judging yourself, you're judging your friends for judging you. And that would be using bad judgment. <laughs> Jan says, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> Jan smiles, picks up her lunch, and heads out the door. 
Carol calls out and stops her. Jan stops, turns around, and sees Carol holding her lunch out. Jan looks down and realizes she grabbed the bag of sugar by mistake. Oh. She smiles with embarrassment and takes her lunch. She puts on her glasses, says goodbye, and bobbles out the door, swinging her hair back and forth. <sighs> it's funny when they're walking down the stairs, like, man, Peter like bumped into Marsha like four times, like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Dude, relax. It's your sister. It's gross. Um, I remember the monitor episode too. It's so neat. I was like, hey, I know what episode this is from. Um, Last name first, first name second. <laughs> um, I love how the, the actress is making Jan like a cartoon version of Jan. <laughs> she's, a, she's amplifying yeah. all the things about Jan. It's just funny. If no, you watch get that actress's name, but she does a really good Jan. Yeah. If you watch this movie before you watch the actual series, you're almost disappointed when you see Jan. You're like, she's nothing like that. Like, why do they play her like that? <laughs> so. I just like the bobble walk with her hair. <laughs> <way. laughs> so funny. It's fine. Scene 14. Out on the carport, Bobby has his bicycle turned upside down as he adjusts his chain. Jan grabs her bike, sits down, but before she takes off, she slyly takes her off her glasses and puts them away. Oh, no. She says, bye, Bobby, and rides off. As she rides down the driveway, she runs into the fence and bushes a few times. Bobby sees this and just shakes his head. <laughs> Once out of the driveway, Jan runs into the trash cans <laughs> and rides out into the street in front of a car. The car swerves out of the way as the driver gives her the finger and yells <laughs> profanities at her. Naive Jan just smiles and waves back. <laughs> that actress really rode out in front of that car. <laughs> yeah. I think she really <laughs> hit the fence, too. <laughs> That'd be interesting oh to look at the, the, the credits to see who's listed as stunts. <laughs> I think there's going to be no names listed as stunts because I'm going to bring yeah. that up later too. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, I put that down. I wonder if she's really hitting the fence because it's you see the backside of her. Yeah. So yeah. it could have been somebody else, but I don't think yeah. so. <laughs> Scene of 15. On their way to school, hmm. Marsha rides, <laughs> rides with Greg in the family station wagon. She pulls out eight track tapes and says, <laughs> Davy Jones is the most. I sure wish he'd write back. I wrote him over a month ago. Greg chuckles and says, but Marsha, he gets millions of letters. Marsha mm. proudly states, but I'm president of his fan club and I invited him to entertain at the school dance. Greg says, a big rock star like that can't just drop everything for our dance. Jeez, you can be so silly sometimes. <laughs> anyway, then all of a sudden... <laughs> While sitting at a stoplight, a guy dressed in a black hoodie runs up to Greg's window and says, All right, everybody out. This is a carjack. Greg smiles, rolls down his window and says, Well, of course this is a car, but my name's not Jack. It's Greg, and this is my sister, Marsha. Marsha smiles and says, Hi. Greg asks, And you are? The guy looks around nervously and says, Eddie, uh, wait a minute. Didn't you hear me? Get out now. This is a carjacking. Marsha says, Oh, Greg, I think he has a flat tire. He must need a jack. Sorry, Eddie. Greg looks at Eddie and says, Oh, we don't have a jack, but don't worry. I'll call AAA as soon as we get to school. Marsha smiles and says, It was nice to meet you. Greg waves and says, Bye-bye. Then rolls up his window and drives away, leaving Eddie standing in the middle of the street, 
feeling confused. Hmm. Poor Eddie. Oh, poor Eddie. You get a car today. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that station wagon. Um, oh, God. It's the same color as Carol's, but it's not the same model. Um, that one, my mom had a 78 Mercury Montego, but hers was the sedan. That's a 72 Montego. And mm. Carol's was a 69 satellite. So, just, oh. so I wish they weren't liars. Mm. But I think the Montego looks way better than Carol's. Carol's would look like garbage. Anyways, <laughs> scene 16. Back at the Brady residence, Mike heads out of the front door for work as Carol follows behind. Mike says, now don't worry about the house, honey. I'm sure Mr. Phillips will advance me the money. Carol says, oh, of course he will. You're the best player on his team. After Mike kisses his wife goodbye and heads to the car, Carol pats him on the ass and says, go get him, tiger. Mm. Mike looks back in confusion and then heads off. After Mike leaves, Carol thinks to herself on the front porch and says, tiger, tiger, whatever happened to that dog? <laughs> tiger joke. See, I, I think it would have been funny if she would have been like, tiger, why does that name sound familiar? Like, see, to me, that would have been funnier. Um, but that's also another joke we've done to him. So. Yeah, yeah. Why are they stealing um, jokes from us? I don't know. Like, who isn't these days? Exactly, you know? yeah, yeah. It's hard being, like, on top, you know? <laughs> you get all sweaty I was just thinking about this. I was just thinking about this. <laughs> um, he's going to try to get an advance of $20,000 for each <laughs> <Yeah>. boss. <laughs> Can yeah. I have a year salary? I mean, I don't know what an annual salary was back in 95, but I imagine it was probably close to 20 grand. But well, then again, Mike made more money than most. So I don't know. Maybe a half a year salary. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeez, oh, Pete. Hmm. I don't know. Scene a 17. Ooh. As Mike is walking to his car, leaving for work, Larry Dittmeyer stops him and says, Brady. Mike says, morning, Larry. Larry says, you know, I was just reading about some beautiful property available in Utah. I'll bet you'd feel right at home there. Blue skies, clean living, Osmonds. <laughs> Mike says, thanks, Larry, but I'm still not interested in moving. I love this house. Carol loves it. Kids love it. Alice loves it. It was our first house altogether. It, it was, was our, our first, first house. house. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Larry smiles and simply says, half a mil, take it or leave it. <laughs> As Mike gets into his car, he says, like I said, there's nothing that can get us to sell. I designed this house myself. It's in perfect condition. As he shuts the car door, he continues, Carol thinks so. The kids <laughs> think so. Alice thinks so. Sorry. Larry fake laughs and says, well, you can't blame a guy for trying, huh? As Mike pulls out of the driveway, Larry continues to fake laugh and wave. Once Mike drives off, Larry says, putts. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Just as Larry is about to get into his car, Bobby rides up on his bike and says, um, excuse me, Mr. Dittmeyer. Larry, already annoyed with the Brady's, he slowly turns around to Bobby. Bobby goes on. But as a member of the safety patrol, I must warn you that your hedge is overgrown and can block the view of the street for oncoming traffic. I know this because I was on my bike and checked out the sight line myself. <laughs> Larry chuckles, crosses his arms and says, well, you see, Billy, Bobby corrects him. Bobby. Larry says, like it matters. <laughs> I grew my hedge as tall for a reason. So I wouldn't have to see your family. Thank you for your concern. Larry gets into his car and starts it up. 
Bobby just shrugs and begins to ride off to school. Mm. But as Larry pulls out of the driveway, a car crashes into him, T-boning his rear fender. Mm. Larry bangs on a steering wheel out of frustration. Bobby just shakes his head and goes to school. Damn. I love the Osmond joke. I thought that was pretty funny because he like the way he says it, he just kind of throws it away. And it's just, it works even better because it's like, you can watch the movie two or three times and you're like, wait, wait, did he say the Osmonds? Like, it's just, it was funny. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's, um, yeah, that's not the car Mike drove. (laughs) (laughs) That's a 72 old Cutlass and Mike drove a 71 Barracuda. So, yeah, I wish they weren't liars. Mm -hmm. Not even the same make. Come on. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love how they're playing up uh, this joke. Um, uh, it makes more sense after you've watched the episode, but it's just funny. So, <laughs> yeah. so once again, Michael McKean was actually in the car when it got hit. <laughs> yeah. Like, did they have a budget for any kind of stunt people at all? They blew the budget getting that house as a filming location. <laughs> <laughs> but it's only exterior shots. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But still, they probably. But did. it's impressive <laughs> though that the, and and if you watch the the um um was it H. GTV show, whatever, when they yeah. renovated the house. Um, they did mention a couple of times that for this movie, they had to go back and they actually got some of the original props that was on the original TV show and they're in this movie. And so mm-hmm. some of the stuff that's in the house now was in this movie. So it's kind of neat. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Scene 18. Now in the Westdale High School parking lot. Greg and Marsha hmm. arrive. As Greg sticks his arm out of the window to signal he's turning into a spot, a car with hydraulic switches rolls past him, bouncing by. He pulls into a spot, and Greg parks next to him. Once they park, Marsha gets out and says, See you later, and walks off to class. Greg gets out and sees Donna get out of the school bus and carrying her books. He checks himself, you know, as to not wreck himself in the mirror. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, <laughs> he leans up against the car and waits for Donna to walk past. As she does, Greg says, hey there, groovy chick. <laughs> Donna says, oh, great. She continues to walk on by, but Greg catches up to her and walks beside her. Donna asks, do I look like a yellow fuzzy baby bird to you? The fuck? Because he called her a chick. Oh, oh. Greg runs up ahead of her and walks backwards as he says, Hey, that's funny, Donna. You know, you are really happening in a far out way. How about you and me go out for a soda after school? Donna says, Sorry, I got a step class. Greg says, Well, if you're having trouble with your steps, maybe you should let me carry your books for you to history class. Donna clutches her books and says, Uh, I can hold my own books. And it's not history, it's her story. Greg stops and Donna continues to walk to her story class as Greg says, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Why was when Greg was signaling, why was he pointing? I don't know. That's not even how you do. No. (laughs) You just do the arm bent. That's it. (laughs) Hmm. What happened to the razor cuts that were on his face? Well, I mean, pull off the paper towels and you're good. Uh, They used to have uh, I think it was called a septic pen and you would, you would have it and you would mark it on your face. It would make the bleeding stop. Oh, I don't know. No. Oh, okay. That's back in the old days. Back when they used uh shaving shampoo instead of shaving cream or not shampoo, shaving uh, soap instead of shaving cream. I haven't, 
hardly ever cut myself shaving ever. I don't shave like that. So I just, I I mean, I used to when I was in the military, but I use my clippers and I just cut it as close as I need to. I don't don't actually shave. Yeah. Every time I shave, I break out. So Hmm. I see 19. Ooh. As Marsha walks around the campus, she greets a group of girls, but they just look at her strangely. She walks up to Eric, who is standing with Doug Simpson. Mm. She walks by and Doug says, hey, Marsha. Marsha says, hello, Doug Simpson, and continues on as if it's no big deal that the big man on campus just said hi. Oh, damn. After she passes, Doug Simpson says, God, she drives me crazy. As both he and Eric continue to stare at Marsha like she's food. Doug Simpson says, I gotta have that. Mm. Eric says, I live next door to her, and she's harder to get into than a Pearl Jam concert. Just then, Eric's girlfriend, Holly, and another girl walk up and ask, what are you guys talking about? Eric says, just how twisted the Bradys are. Mm-hmm. Another girl standing next to Doug Simpson says, especially Marsha, what a retro wannabe. Holly says, I think Peter's a babe. Eric turns and looks at Holly like she's crazy. Holly then backpedals and says, well, you know, like in a Gilligan sort of way. (laughs) Eric asks, what are you, nuts? Just then the bell rings. Doug Simpson hands his book to the girl standing with him and says, biology, take notes. Eric continues to stare at Holly until she finally asks, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, like, I I got a feeling we're going to disagree on this. How is she popular? Who? Marsha. You've seen her, right? Yeah, but she dresses like a weirdo. Like <laughs> like a retro wannabe? Like that, yeah, but they they seem to have issues with everybody in the Bradys except for Marsha. Like she's just as weird as the rest of them. Like why does why does she get a pass to be like popular? Because she's hot. So, um, why would anybody want to go to a Pearl Jam concert? <laughs> well, I, I actually kind of go over that. So back then, Pearl Jam was going through their whole Ticketmaster thing, <laughs> and they were such a sought-after band. Tickets for the shows would sell out like in an hour. This is like at the height of Pearl Jam. Like they were freaking good. Like their album Ten is up there with like for me, like must have on a deserted island. Like that's such a really really good album. Hmm. Um, I like a lot of Pearl Jam stuff. Um, it's just good. And uh, the girl plays Holly. That's Marissa Ribisi, which is Giovanni's sister. That's cool. So. I love the the Gilligan's Island reference or the Gilligan reference, rather. It's kind of <laughs> funny. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I think that went over a lot of people's heads. The fact that it was Gilligan, same guy. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Scene twenty. As Marcia walks through the halls of Westdale High. She grabs the attention of every guy as they stare at her. She even gets the attention of Noreen. Noreen mm. runs up to Marcia and says, "Hi, Marcia." Marcia says, hi. Noreen says, oh, guess what? My mom said I can sleep over. Marcia says, oh, really? That's great, Noreen. Guess what else? Doug just said hi to me. He's so dreamy, isn't he? Noreen, a little <laughs> deflated, says, yeah, I guess if you're into that sort of thing. As Marcia just daydreams about Doug Simpson, Noreen asks, so can I carry your books to class? Marcia says, sure, Noreen. After all, you are my best friend. Noreen smiles at the compliment. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, Marcia spots Doug Simpson walking towards mm. him. Marcia says, oh, here comes Doug. Go away. <laughs> Noreen says, sure, and turns to walk away. 
Marsha changes her mind and says, no, come back. Noreen comes back. Marsha flip-flops again and says, no, no, leave. Noreen mm-hmm. says, okay. And then turns away. Marsha changes her mind again and says, no, mm-hmm. no, no, stay. And pretend like I just said something really funny. Noreen mm-hmm. begins to fake laugh as Marsha runs her hands through her hair. Mm-hmm. Doug Simpson walks up and says, hey, Marsha, what's up? Mm-hmm. As Noreen continues to fake laugh and snort. Marsha <laughs> Marcia smacks her to stop and says, oh, um, hi, Doug. Doug Simpson says, listen, I was just wondering if you not doing anything Friday night. Maybe you'd like to go to the dance with me. Marsha says, sure. That would be a blast. Mm-hmm. Noreen stands there with a sour push just staring at Marsha. Doug Simpson says, cool. You'll hear from me. <laughs> Marsha says, great. Before Doug Simpson walks off, he shoots some stink eye at Noreen. Mm. After Doug Simpson leaves, Marsha is left with hearts in her eyes as she says, he's so out of sight. Noreen's mm-hmm. like, he's right there. Like, I can still see him. <laughs> as as Marsha and Noreen turn to walk to class, Marsha gasps and says, oh my gosh, I just remembered. Noreen asks, what? Marsha says, I already told Charlie I'd go to the dance with him. Noreen says, so Marsha says, so I can't go with two boys at once. Marsha then begins to run the pros and cons. She says, I like Charlie, but Doug is so cute. And after all, he is the big man on campus. And as she puts her hands up, I don't know what she was doing. Um, Noreen just nods. Marsha dealing with a huge, significant problem asks Noreen, what am I going to do? This is the worst mess I've ever gotten myself into. The worst. <laughs> Marsha begins to cry as she says, my life is over. <laughs> she then buries her face in Noreen's shoulder. Noreen just looks around, not knowing what to do. <laughs> and she won't even get her own attic room either. Jeez. She has such problems. Go ahead and make jokes. See if I care. Oh, wait till she orders a guitar. <laughs> Um, (laughs) she's even full of herself in this it's just like the real Marsha that's cute Um, Mm -hmm. wasn't this an episode for her too oh wait that was all of them yeah never mind (laughs) no it was the episode with Charlie and uh, Doug Simpson yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. (laughs) no Doug (laughs) because Charlie knocked him out remember that Mm mm-hmm yeah scene a tonde wall ooh Now we see Peter sitting in health class. Up in front of the class is an attractive female teacher as she teaches about sex education. She says, so that is what males experience during the onset of puberty. Now, as far as the young women are concerned, (laughs) first we begin with ovulation and its effects in the female body. As she continues to talk, Holly turns around in her seat and spots Peter staring at her. Uh Peter quickly looks away from embarrassment. Mm -hmm. Holly just smiles. Just then, the teacher calls upon Peter. Peter, with his squeaky voice, asks, Yes, Miss Lindley? <laughs> Miss Lindley says, Why don't you come up here and take the pointer? <laughs> Peter sighs and gets up from his seat and walks to the front of the class. Miss Lindley goes on, Now trace the path over the ovum. Ovum? Is that? Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? I, I don't know, know what that is. I don't know either. <laughs> Through the fallopian tube where the uterine lining is flushed to the vagina. Oh, shit. 
vagina? Miss Lindley then pulls down the chart with an anatomical graphic of the female body. Peter looks at it and then faints and hits the floor. Oh, damn. Mm. I love the guy in the front row sniffing his armpits. I, guess. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that extra was doing, but it's great. I didn't notice, but did you notice Eddie the carjacker? Jark- <laughs> yeah. Eddie the carjacker well, who was in that class. I don't know. Too. I saw a guy that kind of looked like him. I wasn't sure if it was him or not. That's true. I did go in back the front and row, and I was like, "Is it? Yeah, yeah." He was next to the guy sniffing his armpits. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> funny. But I am a little confused. Okay, maybe you can answer this. So, what what grade is Peter supposed to be in? I don't know. Is is he going? Is he in high school? See, that's where I'm confused. No, like, he can't be because if he was in high school, he would have rode to school with Greg. Possibly, but then like, well, he can give Marshall ride, but he can't give Greg or Peter ride. No, I got you. And but then like Holly's in that class too. Right. And she was just at the high school. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's weird. So I guess he is in high school. Yeah. He must be a freshman. <laughs> a freshman yes. loser. No, I'm too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know. That's a good question. Scene twenty-two. Jan now sits in the guidance counselor's office. Mrs. Cummings says, So Jan. What can I help you with? Teen pregnancy, bulimia, suicidal tendencies? Jan says, no, it's my stupid glasses. Hmm. Mrs. Cummings says, oh, Jan says, I know I should wear them. I look at myself in the mirror every morning and I say to myself, Jan, put on your glasses. Hmm. But then I say, you look like a super creep. Take them off. It's like my head tells me to do different things. I get very confused. Mrs. Cummings says, inner voices? Good. That's good. Let's explore that. Just then, Jan begins to hear the inner voice in her head, and she stares off as they say, What does she mean, inner voices? I don't think that's any of her business. But it's her job to ask questions. You are so dumb. Jan then, <laughs> Jan then snaps out of it and says to Mrs. Cummings, I don't have inner voices. <laughs> Mrs. Cummings says, now Jan, paranoid schizophrenia is very common amongst children of blended families. You are the middle child, aren't you? Just oh, then the inner voices in Jan's head begin to speak again. Middle child? Don't you mean Marsha Brady's little sister? Mm. Wait a minute. She's just trying to help. As Jan stares off and listens to her voices, Mrs. Cumming just looks at Jan strangely. Jan's voices continue. Help? Wake up. She's just looking for an excuse to bring Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Jan then blurts out, yes, I'm the middle. Mrs. Cumming says, well, it sounds like you have a serious case of middle child syndrome. But you needn't worry. Mrs. Cummings reaches over her desk and hands over a book. She says, Here's a copy of my book and my tapes. <laughs> Jan takes them. Mrs. Cummings continues. In the meantime, do something to make yourself stand out. Give you your own look apart from your siblings. <laughs> Jan says, a new look. That's it. Jan stands up and smiles. Jan says, gee, thanks, Mrs. Cummings. As Jan turns <laughs> to walk away, Mrs. Cummings says, uh, Jan... Come back when you're pregnant. <laughs> and girl, you better work. Mm. Girl, work. 
Chan smiles and nods and walks out of the office. <laughs> Jan's got some problems. Yes, for and sure. That actress, once again, I keep forgetting her name, but she's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> she's so good. She uh, she went to the counselors because she didn't like her glasses. That's kind of weird. Huh? <laughs> I guess. But if you notice through the scene, there was somebody standing right behind her outside of that window, just standing there. Like, why? <laughs> like, I didn't notice. Uh, I thought it was kind of strange. Um, I don't know how old this girl was, but she's really good. Like, I, I can't imagine she's super old, but to be that good at like physical comedy and saying the lines, mm-hmm. like it's, it's impressive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Why did why did the counselor have a bunch of puppets? Did you notice? <laughs> I didn't notice that. She either. had a big she had a big stack of puppets on her desk. Like what the fuck? Like why does she have puppets? I guess show me where the bad man touched you. Kind I of guess, stuff yeah. maybe. I don't know. But why was that last part necessary? Because like, it's RuPaul, right? But we knew it was RuPaul. They didn't have to. Do, <laughs> they paid for the rights to that song just for that joke. Like <laughs> they couldn't hire a stunt performer. Right. But they paid the rights to that song. That's why. That's why the actors had to do their own stunts because yeah. they had to fall on set. Yeah, it's, I, that was an eye roll moment. For I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Really? Come on!" <laughs> that was so stupid. But that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. But we will pick up next week. You said "but" where we left off. <laughs> I did say "but." All right. Well, <laughs> you know, we did here tonight. We had a good time. And yeah. remember, we do love these shows and this movie. And it's all about good times and laughs. It is. And we would also personally like to thank our producers from Patreon. Because without you guys, this could not be possible. And of course, of course, we're looking at Ginny and Jim. And also, <laughs> as we had talked about last week, the week before, I can't remember when. Um, you don't have to do anything <laughs> as a producer. <laughs> you don't have to edit anything. You don't have to write anything. You don't have to research anything. It's strictly a term that we use. It's a filmmaking term that we use because a producer on a set usually supplies, you know, the funding, at least attains the funding, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. that's where that name comes from. So don't, don't be, if you're nervous about the thought of, Oh gee, I don't know anything about, it's not, that's not what it is. It's just a Patreon. That's yeah. All. <clears throat> As a producer, you don't have to do anything except for uh, Julie Cox. She does. So she does. She, yeah, for sure. And also this is her episode to edit. So she needs to get started on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, ah. All right. So we're going to hand out some homework assignments. Hell yeah. First one is check out the website at yes. rarebradypodcast.com. Do a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, CastBox, or Audible. Indeed. Tell two friends about the show. And if you don't have two friends, then uh, I don't know, start talking to your coworkers. Maybe uh, you can make a friend and you know, tell them about the show. Send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show at Podcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group and join the conversations and all the fun at a very brady Facebook group. If you would like to be a producer, which is just a Patreon, check out the Patreon at www.patreon.com slash a very brady podcast. Check out our Instagram at a very brady podcast. Follow us on Facebook and get real time updates like, I don't know what tax wearing Jimmy's latest hairstyle, whatever. Whatever. You're, you're always changing your hair all I the am. time. I've changed it like three times in my life. <laughs> so uh, go check out the Retro Network at theretronetwork.com. 
check out our shop with our affiliate link at www.averybradypodcast.com slash shop. Check out our T Public Store for merch. Link is in the description of this episode. Also, mm-hmm. we are now on the Clapper app mm-hmm. at Everybody Podcast. But most importantly, go out there and check out Classic Iconic TV. And Jimmy here is going to tell you what we're going to watch next. On the next episode, we will obviously continue with this movie on part two, but you have to, you must fast forward to 24 minutes. <laughs> you cannot watch anything before or before that. <laughs> and you have to watch 24 minutes and then to like 48 minutes. You have to stop. You have to, you have to watch that and no more or less. <laughs> <laughs> and where can they watch it? This movie is available to stream on Amazon Prime. Prime. So yeah, that's fun. Hell yeah. Yeah, that was fun. That was that was good. <laughs> that was good. Uh, was good. So unless you have anything else? Uh I do not. Okay, in that case, I've been Jimmy. And I've been Tack. And this has been a very Brady podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.